Hello and welcome to this another TES News podcast where we try and tackle some of the burning issues in the world of education, which this month happens to be every teacher's worst nightmare, Ofsted. Hello, my name is Richard Vaughan and thank you for tuning in to this latest edition of the TES podcast. In this episode, I'll be taking a close look at the school's watchdog, Ofsted, and asking the question as to whether the inspectorate is at something of a crossroads. Ofsted has been dominating the headlines of late, with tensions between it and the Department for Education at an all-time high. But beyond the war of words being played out in the nation's papers, Ofsted is desperately trying to rethink and reform the way it inspects the country's schools. It is, however, no easy task. Indeed, it's one fraught with difficulty. So with this in mind, I caught up with Mike Cladingbowl, Ofsted's National Director of Schools, to discuss the changes taking place at the Inspectorate. I spoke to the Think Tank Policy Exchange, which has a report coming out asking whether Ofsted is still fit for purpose. And I talked to Tom Sherrington, head teacher and blogger who has been following the changes Ofsted has been making perhaps more closely than any other. But first, to Mike Cladingbowl, who dismissed the idea that the watchdog was at a crucial point in its history. Do you see this as a bit of a crunch point for Ofsted? No, uh, I don't see it as a crunch uh, time, but I do see it as a, a really important one. Um, and you've got to remember that it's Ofsted who's leading the charge uh, here for change. Yeah. You know, we've not been satisfied with the status quo with more than two million children, as was in, um, you know, in satisfactory or mediocre schools. And that's why we introduced requires improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we got HMI out there working in schools to help make those schools better mm-hmm. and you know we're challenging uh, all schools to do better by the more able to do um, better by the most disadvantaged um, and for all schools to do better uh, by settling for nothing less than good behavior you know um, and we, we've got to do that for the sake of the children in the schools actually uh, for the schools themselves and for parents yeah you know I'm a parent um, both of my uh, kids are at a primary school one's about to leave and go to the local uh, secondary school mm-hmm. um, like every other parent um, and every other teacher uh, with parents in England, um, we want them all to go to good schools. Mm. So that's what we're in the business of doing, um, um, and it's why we started the debate about teaching. You know, it was Sir Michael Wilshaw who uh, argued most publicly for there not being a single uh, way of uh, teaching, or uh, for schools employing a preferred teaching style um, uh, if it wasn't leading to good good results for those children. Yeah. You know, and that's a tough message for us to have to get across. Because, um, you know, I think that the teaching profession has developed um, all sorts of orthodoxies around teaching um, over the years, and and we want to change that. You know, schools uh, must do, I think, and should do what works, not what fashionable commentators or theorists uh, say. You know, and some of them, frankly, don't know what it's like to teach a tough class on a wet Wednesday afternoon, you know. And that's why we've been creating some debate around this um, and why we want to continue that, not just about teaching, but about what inspection should look like going forward. Some teachers, um, and there are quite a lot of them, they're quite vocal on, um, on Twitter and other things, uh, bloggers who I think you met recently, they would say the message isn't getting out there um, and that still you're seeing um, inspectors grading lessons, which they shouldn't be doing anymore, and also grading them on a particular way of teaching. How do you go about changing that? Well, I mean, some of that is misunderstanding. And I think that, um, you know, and I said in a piece that I've written lately that it might sound like it's splitting hairs, but these are important uh, hairs to split. Um, 
but uh, we don't actually grade lessons, you know, and, and e e even when inspectors say uh, uh, in response to uh, teachers, you know, what was that lesson like? And the teacher says, well, you know, I've evaluated the quality of teaching as being, you know, whatever it was, good uh, for the sake of argument. Um, then, you know, understandably, teachers then, you know, um, uh, walk, hope, hopefully with a spring in their step back into the staff room and say, I got good. Yes. And what do you get good for? I got good for the lesson. You know, so there's something in the language around all of this, but we've not actually uh, graded individual lessons uh, in the way that some people uh, think um, for some time. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the heads that we met with recently, um, uh, um, uh, I think welcome the clarification and all the opportunity at least to discuss that because, mm. and because they're heads and because they're uh, they're close and personal to all of this, they actually do understand that they do know that. So there's yeah. something there's something about I think the the laziness of the language uh, that's being used. But um, ha having said that, yeah, I'm not going to pretend that um, it's it, it's easy to bring about a culture change uh, in, uh, in 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 the education profession. You know, overnight, um, it's. It's hard enough to do it in individual schools. And there yeah. are many schools uh, out there working hard um, to um, uh, uh, to bring a, bring about improvement in their schools, um, get children interested, um, and, uh, and and get better outcomes for them. And they know that's tough. It's equally, it's tough to work with a you know uh, uh, with, with with staff um, uh, sometimes uh, in primary schools uh, when you when as a head you first join and you know that there's much to do. Um, uh, secondary schools similarly you know um, have a hundred or so teachers uh, for example in mm. a school you know it, it takes a bit of time to um, get everybody singing from the same hymn sheet and doing it all as well as you want um, and it's the same for inspectors you know we've got plenty of inspectors out there who do a fantastic job day in and day out most of them do um, and uh, there's plenty of other comments on Twitter which I've started to follow yeah. um, of late um, <laughs> Plenty of uh, comments uh, there too. I only saw one, um, I think, last night where a teacher was saying, yep, uh, the messages that Mike cladingwell has been um, putting about are exactly the same messages that we were given in our training. So, you know, um, we are training our inspectors. We're getting those messages out there. Um, but um, it'll take a bit of time for people to get used to talking about things in slightly different ways. But we don't grade lessons overall, and nor do we want to grade teachers uh, simply on snapshots of their performance over 20 minutes, you mm. know, or 25 minutes or half an hour or so on. And I think the examples that I gave in the article um, that I did uh, recently mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, demonstrated that, even though the, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll concede that the examples I gave were extreme. They were true, mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely true examples, um, but they were quite extreme. But you, know, you can uh, be in a lesson and, uh, and, and, and it can look as if nothing very much is happening at all. You yeah. know? And the teacher can be not um, uh, um, uh, uh, being involved uh, very much in terms of intervening or anything like that, but actually the children uh, can be receiving fantastic teaching over time um, and, and be doing uh, incredibly well. And we, yeah. we, we recognise that in our inspections. Similarly, you can get you know, all singing and all dancing, sometimes literally, literally, literally all singing and all dancing lessons. And, uh, and, and, but the books are never marked. And, yeah. and the children's work's got worse. Yes. You know, and there's nothing more disheartening as a parent or as an inspector or as a head. And I was a secondary head, so you know, I remember a bit of this. Um, seeing a book... Um, that's, uh, that started by a youngster in, say, year seven, full of eagerness, keenness, wanting to do well, and by the end of the year, it's just all a big scrappy mess. Yeah. You know, it's because people are not paying enough attention to those basic, basic things, and, and we've got to do more of that. So, um, so yeah, inspectors will take a whole range of um, evidence into account. Um, and, you know, I, for one, am determined to do all that I can to break the notion that uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the quality of um, teaching judgment made about school overall, you know, across the school is based on the accumulation of a series of 
single um, uh, uh, um, uh, accumulation of a series of um, visits to mm. uh, to in lessons where inspectors are doing nothing else but but sitting there and kind of um, ticking off boxes about the teacher's performance you know it just won't just just doesn't doesn't happen and in the way that people think and certainly um, if there's any sense of it happening out there or indeed if it does happen ever I, I you know I for one I'm going to stamp it out and on the broader um, question about um, uh, teaching style and so on, again, I think the, the irony in all of that is, uh, as I said before, it's actually Sir Michael Wilshaw, Ofsted, me, um, who's been arguing most publicly for there not being being one. You know, it gets us into trouble sometimes, um, but sure. hey, we're prepared to do that because we think we're right, you know, particularly if, it's, if what's been done in the school is not working, then change it, do something different, yeah. you know. Well, I think it's often said that a school system cannot exceed the quality of its teachers. The same could equally be said about uh, an inspector. And I think yeah. one of the major bugbears from head teachers and teachers is that the people who are inspecting the lessons don't know a good lesson if it would you know, yeah. jump up and kick them in the face. So. Yeah. No, I think, you know, and, and, and yes, and that's certainly, um, I'm not saying yes to the fact that's true, but <laughs> yeah. I'm saying yes, I do, I do understand that concern. And, mm. um, you know, we, we meet with, and I meet with regularly heads um, uh, in all sorts of different um, uh, ways, and, uh, and, and those messages do get through to us. But I think I think that like with everything, you know, there's um, there's all sorts of myths and legends out there, aren't there? And mm. um, and uh, you know, there, there are some kind of basic things that folk need to remember. I think, I mean, for example, um, you know, there are no unqualified teachers in the inspection workforce. Yeah. You know, we got rid of all of those some time ago. Yeah. Um, there are no uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, inspectors who were recruited into uh, uh, into inspection um, who haven't been uh, heads of good. Or senior leaders in good, right. um, good, good, and outstanding schools. You know, we've uh, we, we we put those uh, rules in. Yeah. Um, uh, over half of all school inspections in England, over a half, and we do um, somewhere between seven and eight thousand a year. Um, although we may not do as many as that uh, in future, mm -hmm. um, but over half of all of those inspections now have a serving head teacher or senior leader, so a serving practitioner. You know, um, someone who's working in the school now at a senior level in a good or an outstanding school. Uh, on the inspections, right? So you know, and that's that's a five-fold increase increase over the, the last three or four years or so. Um, similarly, we've got national leaders of education um, working uh, as lead inspectors and as team inspectors across England now. Mm -hmm. um, we're also running inspection training for um, uh, heads, including actually uh, heads who are in requires improvement schools, and we've been piloting this in the northwest, and we're likely to run it out nationally. But these are this is training led by HMI uh, for for head teachers in schools uh, on inspection because you know being um, uh, it works both ways um, you know we get great value from having serving leaders working for us as inspectors but similarly um, I think uh, head teachers and you know ask them go and ask them um, I'm sure they'll tell you that they gain great value from working as inspectors now yeah. if you're a if you're a head of a requires improvement school you actually need to be in your school you know presumably you know um, getting on with things there what you want to be doing is it is out spending uh, uh, time away from the school inspecting, but what we're, but, but, but but quite deliberately, you know, um, uh, spending some some time and money to get HMI to train uh, some of these heads, uh, so that they can then bring those inspection skills to bear in their own school, which because we think that will add value. Mm. Um, so um, so I just don't accept that um, that, that that inspectors are um, uh, are all you know hopelessly out of date and um, you know wouldn't know a good lesson if a good lesson if they fell over one. Um, you know, if that were true, mm -hmm. then it's pretty problematic for the schools from which they come, isn't it? You know? Yes. Who is Ofsted for then? Just leading on from there, is it for the government to, 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 to keep tabs on 
one is a great expense or is it for parents and does it therefore have to be such high stakes you know a teacher can lose his job or her job um, off the back of a bad offset inspection well, I, I, I think fundamentally, you know, um, uh, Ofsted's there for, for the country, um, but it's there for the country insofar as we're there to uh, help make sure the children get the best uh, education they can and the good education uh, that they all deserve. And, you know, off the back of that, um, uh, that's why we're important for parents, because we're the means through which uh, parents can, uh, 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 can find out how well uh, a school is doing, can exercise choice, uh, and also can help to school... Uh, hold, hold a school to account um, on behalf of the community uh, for, for how, how well it's doing. I think we're there for schools too, because as I say, I think the good inspections do hold up a mirror and they help schools move forward. And you see that really starkly with schools that are uh, not yet good. And we're thinking at the moment very carefully about how do we uh, adjust inspection so that we can add similar, uh, if not greater value, uh, to schools that are good mm-hmm. and outstanding. So we're thinking a bit hard about that at the moment. Um, and um, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're, we're not accountable to uh, anyone else but the uh, um, but Parliament. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's how that kind of works. And um, you know, over the years, you know, people will say that that, that, that Ofsted does this or that on behalf of the government um, and so on. But actually, the facts are is that if you look uh, back um, uh, since uh, 1992, certainly since I've been um, one of Her Majesty's inspectors since 2002. We regularly criticise government policies and initiatives, um, mm. standards fund, key stage three strategy, and so on. You know, we, you know, we're never short of a thing or two to say. That's partly one of the reasons why people sometimes don't like us very much. I think. <laughs> um, and one of, one of the other things that uh, I think exemplifies that uh, well is the uh, is the question that came out um, a couple of weeks ago about whether or not Ofsted ought to be inspecting uh, free schools or academies. Now I know that some commentators, and I disagree with them, uh, and they know that. Um, uh, believe that uh, we should uh, inspect um, free schools and academies, for example. Uh, sorry, that we should not inspect free schools yes. and academies, or somehow in, uh, a separate, uh, um, a separate inspectorate um, ought to be set up to do so. I mean, I cannot believe that anybody could take that idea seriously. I mean, these are publicly funded, funded schools, and why would you want one set of rules for one set of people, another set of rules for another? Absolutely. And and you know, and it's just not true because people argue, don't they, that the reason why. We, Ofsted inspectors shouldn't do this, Rachel I shouldn't do this, because these free schools and academies, academies are so different and that we don't understand them somehow. But, I mean, again, it's just not true. I mean, these places are not all hotbeds of innovation, um, trying to do something different uh, uh, that inspectors don't understand. I mean, many of them, most of them, are very traditional places, mm-hmm. you know, including old grammar schools and independent schools that have reinvented themselves as, as free schools. Now, some are faith-based, um, and there are a few that are more esoteric, like uh, you know the school in uh, Skelmersdale that encourages um, uh, uh, me- me- meditation. But we've all we've got a base, you know, especially they've all got to be judged on the same kinds of things. And, and we want the free school movement and academies to to do things differently, particularly if what's been done before hasn't worked, you know. But they've got to be judged by the same basic standards: do they teach the children well enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is behaviour good enough? Are parents satisfied with the school? And if they don't um, uh, do these basic things well, then we'll, we'll, we'll carry on saying so publicly, regardless of what type of school it is. Interesting words from Mike Cladingbowl there. Not least those made on free schools and academies, an area very close to my next guest's heart, Jonathan Simons. As head of education at the Right Centre Think Tank Policy Exchange, Jonathan is overseeing a major report into the viability of Ofsted in the current school landscape. 
But beyond his day job, he is also chair of governors at the Greenwich Free School, which just had its own visit from Ofsted inspectors a few weeks ago. I raise this and more with him, all after finding out just what his report will be looking at. You've got a report coming out soon, haven't you? That's right, yes. Um, I mean, without asking you to, to divulge too much, what exactly will the report be looking at and why are you doing that now? So the reason why we're interested in the report is because uh, it's been evident for, I think, some time that there's been a nature of concerns about Ofsted and uh, a lot of teachers have been expressing concerns about the judgments they've been given and the impact that's had on their schools and also the impact it's had before the inspections in terms of what it, uh, what, what it seems to make schools want to do. Mm. The reason why we're interested in doing the piece now is because we had a sense that um, even after the appointment of Sir Michael Wilshire as Chief Inspector and the sort of the attempt by himself and the Secretary of State to somehow make make clear what Ofsted was and was not looking at, we had a sense that there was a almost an increase in concerns around Ofsted that went, in our view, beyond that which you'd expect of any sector. Uh, grumbling about its regulator. There's, there's always going to be, in some senses, an inevitable tension between schools and the regulator because it is ultimately Ofsted that says if the school is performing well or not, or not well, and there are consequences that flow from that. Mm. But our view is that the nature and the extent of the concerns was such that we thought it did justify an exploration into really whether Ofsted was performing schoolers' inspections as effectively as it might be, and that was the reason why we wanted to do the report. So if Ofsted isn't... Um should your report find that Ofsted isn't um, uh, fit for purpose, what next then? Well, it's it's a very interesting question. And I think one of the things that, that's interesting to me in particular is, I, th I think there's, there's two real questions that we want to ask ourselves. One is, is Ofsted making accurate judgments about schools? And by accurate, I mean, is it making judgments that are based on reliable and valid evidence? Is it making judgments that are uh, judgments that could be made by different inspectors on different days of the week? Is it judgments that are broadly consistent across the school system? And the second thing that I think we're interested in is what, what are the consequences that flow from that and what is the impact beforehand? So if, for example, uh, we find that it's true that, for example, in, in the two or three years before an offset inspection is due, senior leadership teams will often think very carefully about major strategic things that are happening in their schools. Mm -hmm. So to take a very concrete example, if you were thinking as a secondary school about whether you'd want to move to a three-year key stage four and shrink key stage three, mm. that has pretty significant impacts on a lot of what you do in the school. It impacts staff recruitment, it impacts timetabling, it impacts a lot of the, the subjects you study. You may well, as a senior leadership team, be nervous about doing that if halfway through that process, when things are still not quite bedded down, you're about to be, you're about to be offsteaded. So one of the things we're interested in our report is saying, okay, well, if, if we do end up concluding that the current system doesn't work, then we need to think about how, how do you best have a schools inspectorate? And, and, and we do start from a position that says you do need a schools inspectorate in any, in any market like this. You need an inspectorate who uh, ensures that schools are accountable for public money, ensures that standards are high, ensures that pupils are, are learning best, and ensures that, 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 that schools are doing what's necessary. So the question for us is if the current model of schools inspection isn't working, how, how do you change it so that it can work? And in particular, one of the questions that we're interested in is do you need to do more than just make a few tweaks? And, and our hypothesis is that you probably do because uh, Sir Michael Wilshire has already made some changes. He's brought, for example, the training of inspectors, additional inspectors back in-house, uh, the additional guidance that appears to be coming out this week around whether lesson observations should be graded and whether those grades should come back. Those are all important changes and there is all the right direction of travel. But I, I think our, our, our 
question would be, is that enough or do you fundamentally need to change the way in which Ofsted carries out school inspections? So is one of your fears then that Ofsted is actually getting in the way of innovation then, um, that it's actually preventing schools from, from you know, operating in a different manner? I think I think that's definitely a question that, that that needs to be asked, and I think there's some uh, there's some early evidence coming out around that. One of the things that I'm, I'm interested in, and I know Mike Cladingbowl is talking about, is that he wants some offset inspectors to look specifically at the extent to which, for example, academies are using their freedoms. And I think that's a really positive development. But one of the things that which concerns me is that, uh, for example, as national curriculum levels go, and all schools will start to come up with new systems of measuring their own pupils' progress, will offset inspectors be comfortable? with analysing and working with very different, often completely unique and bespoke systems that schools are working with. For free schools, for example, who, who, who almost certainly for the next few years won't have three years' worth of data as a starting point, who may well be doing very, very innovative things. Are Ofsted really going to be able to get under the skin of how these types of schools are operating if they are not using levels, if they are not following the national curriculum, if they are doing pedagogy in a different way, if they are structuring their timetables and their classes in a different way? These are all things which Ofsted needs to be able to understand. And I'm not suggesting that, that, that these schools be inspected in a different way. I think, I think that would be an unhelpful development. I think all schools should be inspected and considered the same. But there's a real question for Ofsted, which is that as schools start to become more innovative and more autonomous, and, and as some of the restrictions around the curriculum and, and, and the levels are taken away, Ofsted needs to be able to get to cope with those diversity and not look for, uh, not look for the same results in every school. There's a slight vested interest here, though, because you're also a chair of governors at the Greenwich Free School. Um, and obviously, Sir Michael Wilshaw has been coming out of the press saying, you know, there's, a, there's right wing attacks taking place. And it seemed to be a kind of hint towards reports such as, as yours, which are going to be coming out. Do, do you see that there's a bit of a conflict of interest there if you're producing this report and also you're the chair of governors at a free school, which might be adversely affected if, a, if an Ofsted um, inspection doesn't go the way you would like it to? No, I, I, I want to be really clear on this. The, the, those three things are completely unrelated. Right. So uh, we are doing this report independently. Mm -hmm. uh, we were not uh, asked or suggested by anyone else, and this has been on the this has been on the timetable for a while. As I say, we've we've been of the view for for many many months now uh, that this was a report that we were interested in. And even before I joined Policy Exchange, we'd already been given the funding for that. Okay. The fact that in my spare time as a volunteer, I'm also chairman of the governor of the free schools is is again completely separate to that. We're doing this report entirely independently from that uh, and the report conclusions will have no bearing on what happens or doesn't happen to the free school. Jonathan Simons there whose report is sure to put the cat amongst the pigeons when it comes out in the near future. Now my final guest in this month's show was Tom Sherrington, head teacher at King Edward VI Grammar School in Essex, who's been one of the most vigilant bloggers in the country when it comes to keeping tabs on the tweaks and changes that Ofsted has been making in recent months. And he believes the watchdog is entering a crucial period in its history by altering the way it operates. Do you think that Ofsted is coming to a kind of crunch point at the moment? I think that it's, it's trying to change um, how it does things in quite a fundamental way, so I suppose you could call it that. Mm. So, yeah, I think, I think they've come to a realisation that um, the way inspections are carried out in practice across the system isn't um, sufficiently consistent and, and or aligned with what the framework is intended to be. So it's, they, I think they've, they've realised that and they're trying to do something about it. Why do you think that's come about now? Why do you think they're just deciding now to change? 
I think it's partly because there's a growing body of evidence out there and discussion about evidence around lesson observations, for example. Yeah. Um, um, I, it's hard to know exactly why, because they, they, when they, we met them, they told us, you know, they have very positive feedback from inspections. They're very pleased with that. They say head teachers, nine out of ten head teachers say they're happy with the inspection process. Something like eighty-five percent of grades are, that you know, heads are happy with the grades and so on. So they're not saying that there's a kind of groundswell of complaints. They say the number of complaints hasn't gone up or anything like that. Mm. I think it's more at a at a level of them being able to justify the process at all. So, for example, with lesson observations, you know, there's evidence that that doesn't that there are huge issues with that. You know, you can assume you've seen something that you haven't, and there's been a big study in America where they showed that lesson observations, even by highly trained people, were very inconsistent. And I think they're becoming more aware of this kind of need to be more rigorous with evidence-based. And that's perhaps why they're kind of listening to people and, and trying to to change things around. It could just be Mike Clavingbowl himself. I mean, having spoken to him, he, he seems determined that inspection is something which teachers respect more. Yeah. I, think he, I don't think he particularly enjoys running an inspection system which is constantly being knocked about and um, criticised and and sort of held with a kind of fear rather than a respect. I think he wants it to be something which is which people respect and feel positive about. Do you think that's possible? Do you think something like Ofsted can actually be seen to be a kind of, I don't know, um, an improvement vehicle as what it wants to be seen rather than, you know, a very large stick which teaching uh, teachers and, and schools fear? See the question, right? In, ideally, it ought to be, mm. um, but um, there, there are two, I think there's always going to be a judgment aspect. I think it would be more like that if it was more genuinely experienced by teachers as being a judgment on the school and not on them individually. And yeah. I think um, I think there's been a long, well, many several years now where even if Hofstra is changing what they're thinking, there's a massive, massive inertia in the system where a lot of schools have deeply embedded systems locked into teacher by teacher evaluation based on teaching grades for lessons. So, so teaching to Ofsted effectively. Yeah, and even when that's no longer what they're saying is, should be happening, a lot of teachers experience it on that level. And um, so there is a sphere factor. And for head teachers, you know, the, with the requires improvement judgment, there are head teachers where, you know, they, they literally get sacked pretty much by their governors. Mm. Or you know, the academy chain comes in, and it's all part of the process. If they if they if they go into if the school is judged to be inadequate, and so there is a fear about employment. So that and that is real. People do actually do do lose their jobs on the basis of Ofsted. So mm. with, with where the where the stakes are still very high, high, then um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to see that that changing quickly. Mm. But I think if the process is it seems to be more fair and more intelligent <laughs> you know, in terms of the evidence gathering then I think there's a chance that an Ofsted process could be seen more developmentally. What changes would you like to see then? How would you like to see it being more fair? Fairer? Um, well my, my, my feel, feeling is that um, there are a couple of things I'd like to see. First, 
first of all, I think every Ofsted report should have a section where the school can comment on the on the judgment that the inspectors have come up with, so that um, it was a routine part of every published report that the school had its right to reply right there in the same document and could say whether they accepted the findings or not. That would be one thing. Mm. I've meant, I said that to them, and they, they seem to think that's a reasonable thing to do, but whether or not they'll do it in a hurry, I don't know. Because then if, if every Austin inspection team knew that the school would be saying what it wanted to anyway, they'd have to work harder to come to some consensus with the leadership of the school about what they were saying. Mm. I think that would be really, really important. Another thing I'd, I would like to see is that... Um, school self-evaluation was given higher status in the judgment process right from the beginning. So, you know, if a school, for example, engaged um, an, a head teacher from another school over time or did a kind of peer-to-peer -peer mm. review, but that evidence was brought to bear because they could say, look, you know, you've only been here for two days, but we had these other people in couple of months ago and this is what they said and you know you could use other evidence from people coming in and giving their view because fundamentally you know however many if you see for 50 lessons over two days in a school it's a it's a very it's a it's a thin thin evidence base to even to make the judgments they do make yeah. I, I think that's it so that's what i'd like to see you know the lesson observation aspect should be just very, very sketchy sampling, and they should trust the schools to provide evidence about what teaching is like, because there are so many thousands of lessons that go on across a year. You know, it's, it's pretty bizarre really that you can sample 50 and say that that gives you a, a, an indication. It's, it's a glimpse. It's barely yeah, anything at absolutely. all. Absolutely, it's, it's a very narrow window to be looking at it through. It is, yeah. Who do you think um, Ofsted is for? As a head teacher, <laughs> well, it's 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 the public for public accountability, I suppose. I mean, you know, schools you, are multi-million-pound businesses, and I suppose mm. you have to be held to account. But is but it course, held to account to government or to to parents? I mean, which do you think it is? Well, it's it's for, it, to be honest, with you, I think it's both. I mean, I know I know a lot of parents when they're looking at schools, they Ofsted does matter. Mm. And so, and government, it's indirectly. I mean, government only worries about it because they need to be seen to be doing something about education, do you know what I mean? So that, and that's because of the public face of that. It's, it's a good question. I don't really know. I mean, most, the most immediate thing that feels is people think Ofsted is for Ofsted's sake. That's the thing I think <laughs> is interesting. And Mike Claddingbold, I think, is trying to change that. Mm. And it's kind of Wizard of Oz thing where, you know, it's like scary Ofsted. Some people think Ofsted inspect schools just for their own benefit. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's how ridiculous it is, you know, Ofsted, Ofsted, Ofsted. People talk about it obsessively. Um, and I'd, this is interesting, I think, is that um, you know, when we met um, Sir Michael Wilshaw and Mike Plannibal with uh, a couple of weeks ago, they pushed back on head teachers quite significantly. They feel that head teachers should be taking far more ownership of inspection and should be able to shoulder all the sort of stress and they get paid well enough to do it and so on. Mm. Um, and they're not very sympathetic to head teachers who feel sort of under the cost. You say, well, that's the job. That's what you get paid for. You've got a lot of autonomy. And, you know, if you're going around giving grades to your teachers, well, that's your fault because that's not what we're telling you to do. Um, and so, you know, I think that was interesting that that was their kind of attitude towards head teachers that, come on, 
I felt like they wanted to say something like man up or something. You know, yeah. Tough, be just toughen up a bit, you know. But it's just easy to say when, you know, you've been, you know, you're in and out the other side. When you're in a school, I think your average head teacher who does a decent job still feels a ludicrous amount of pressure in terms of their job security when it comes to Ofsted. And that, that affects behaviours. So why is it so intense? I think there is political pressure there. Um, in the system, which needs to, you know, calm down because it's 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 having a negative effect. Tom Sherrington there, giving his very measured thoughts on the very great strain Offset places on head teachers. And on that rather negative note, it's time for me to say goodbye. As I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this month. That just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the show via iTunes, and I will catch up with you next time. Thanks and goodbye. <laughs>